Hi, this is Amy Leverton from Denim Dudes, and I have five special podcasts coming to you from the recent Project Las Vegas trade shows, exploring some of the most loaded pain points facing our industry right now. We'll be talking about sustainability, inclusivity, brand values, customizing, and smarter marketing. In a world that's changing by the minute, I decided to sit down and pick some of my favorite brains in the industry. Next up is Adriana Glashevich. She is the denim and sustainability expert at G-Star. And we're going to be talking about how today's big box brands can navigate their own complex supply chain to create a safer gene for tomorrow. Adriana is actually, uh, has flown in last night all the way from Amsterdam. Adriana, how long have we known each other? Maybe five years? Something like that? Yeah, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Your current role is a denim and sustainability expert yeah. within the, is that, what's your actual job title at GSAR? Well, it is denim and sustainability expert. There because, you go. Yeah, I work interdepartmentally, so. I Across the whole. Yeah, design, product development, R&D, merchandising, as well as our sustainable department to, like, implement all the sustainable innovations as well as the circular product got you so you're kind of, you're the basically the, the person that goes between the departments to make exactly. sure things happen exactly is you also to do the research and actually lead where we need to go i was gonna say that was my first question like is it most of your role is it research based so it's like if you hear of a new innovation, if you hear of something else that comes out to do with sustainability, you would go and visit that company, you would go and liaise, you would figure it out, and then you would come back to G-Star? Well, I do a lot of research, but I also come up with things that are maybe not out there. <laughs> so, cool. So it's a lot of collaboration between like the vision that we have for the company as well as, of course, research that is already out there. Yeah. But it's a lot building of times on building things that don't exist. That is really, really awesome. So um, I guess also with G-Star's DNA in mind as well, you know. What yeah, definitely. Innovation mm. is like at the core of the brand. Yeah, and always has been. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. something that drives us. The aim of this discussion from my perspective is, you know, to, to unpick our current supply chain. You know, G-Star are pretty big and we're all kind of struggling with the supply chain, how to rewire the supply chain, you know, to make a better future, to make a smarter gene. And I think that's what's interesting. You know, there are a lot of brands out there that are new and they're small and they can start from that, you know, from that standpoint. Getting a brand that's been around for a while with a big complex supply chain and making that work, that's kind of what I want to find out from you, like how you guys have gone about it and pick your brains. Because I think there's a lot of people in this building, in this room with that problem, you know? So... I'm going to start with just the trajectory. You've been there since 2011, which is quite a long time. So I'd love you to start by kind of starting at the beginning of G-Star's sort of journey with sustainability. Well, um, it all started in 2006 when the corporate uh, sustainability department was formed. Before, G-Star was very small, but as company was growing, was coming to 150 people. Then our legal department, actually Frauke Brownsma, who was the head of the legal at the time, um, she says, we need to create a CR department that's really dedicated to like social environmental um, uh, issues that when it comes to our products. And um, so from then, there was the first supplier code of contact. And in 2007, we kicked off a GSRD Foundation, which is um, built to give back to the communities where we produce. So it, it's separate from the G-Star. Um, pretty much like all the projects are regarding education and enabling people to become entrepreneurs. So the longest project is uh, Rainbow Homes in India, which gives uh, street children shelter as well as in schooling. 
And there are many, many projects. Over 150,000 people are being touched with this project. And we work a lot with local NGOs to create uh, all kinds of programs. And in 2008 was our first organic cotton denim design, which we did in, all, in a collaboration with um, United Nations. Oh, wow. Yeah, trying to celebrate or to raise the awareness uh, regarding the Millennium Development Goals at that time, which is now oh, the SDGs, goodness. right? Yes. Wow. And then in 2010, we started up the uh, raw sustainable capsule, which consisted of raw organic lines, raw recycled, as well as raw nettle. I remember this. <laughs> I remember this. In the Netherlands, nettle grows like crazy. So um, there was a supplier called Brennels at the time, and they uh, we worked with them to create a fiber that we could use in denim as well. Got you. Unfortunately, they went out of the business. Um, so <laughs> that's still not there. But the idea of looking for uh, alternatives into the fiber in the fibers um, that's something that stays with us. Obviously, you experimented with nettle. We were talking earlier about hemp, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but cotton is for you guys. It goes with your aesthetic. It goes with the, you know, the brand identity, and um, it's what you prefer to work with. Well, mostly. it actually makes eighty percent of our business. Wow! <laughs> so yeah, um, that's where our focus is. It, mm-hmm. it is on cotton, and because it's such a vast majority of our products. We focused on having 100% sustainable cotton yeah. in, by the end of this year. So we are well. We are at 97% at the moment, but by 2020 wow. end, we'll be at 100. Yeah, that's rad. Uh, and, and what that does that mean, like 100% sustainable yeah. cotton? That's um, a combination. Without getting too geeky, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> look, it's a combination of BCI cotton, organic yeah. cotton, and recycled cotton. So it's like just, uh, and then of a course blend. for the future. We will be focusing more on organic and recycled instead of BCI. So got you. Which yeah. we're gonna come to. I want to definitely yeah. pick your brain about recycling. So I d- didn't finish my story. <laughs> yes, sorry, I interrupted. I got excited. Go on, go on. You were on to. I was on 2000. No, I was in 2011. So 11. the raw sustainable line, uh-huh. and then we held that uh, 2010, and then we had this capsule f- uh, collections going on for two years, and in 2012 we decided to change the strategy. So all the learnings that we have acquired from these collections, we apply to our best sellers. So our impact in cotton went from being 1% of the line by 10% that's right. within one year. And that's when we decided that by 2020, we want to be 100% stable on our cotton. Mm-hmm. So that was something that, you know, you start with something, you discover how it works, and, and then you apply it, it and roll it out in so terms I, of scaling. <coughs> I think that's very important. I'd love to interrupt again because mm-hmm. I love the idea of litmus testing in a capsule and rolling out. But I actually think, you know, and I, I'm guessing you have a lot to say on this, that G-Star have used that and, and always with the intention of rolling out. It's the idea is you start small like a boutique tiny brand. And then you figure out how to scale. Exactly. That's that's kind of the thing that you first start, test, and do the R&D and mm-hmm. see how it works. And then after that, you kind of educate your customers about it. True. And then uh, you roll it out silently. So you don't talk about it. after. You know, you talk about it ah, while the capsule is there, I but then you see. integrate it. So, for example, also when we did, well... Before I skip to 2014, 2013, we did our um, upcycle denim collection, which uh, we would take, that's the first circular denim design that we did at G-Star. We would take our leftover stock, shred them uh, into pieces and uh, create new fiber, new yarns and new fabrics. Mm -hmm. And from that, new G-Star raw jeans. 
So uh, this idea of the recycling is integrated into the into the company. Yeah. And then as well in 2014 when we did our raw for the oceans uh, campaign, which Where I think we, everyone remembers really well. It was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it was a lot of noise. It was a really uh, a big deal because yeah. uh, we quite raised the awareness regarding the problems that we are all facing. But at that time, we had the capsule also for two years, but then it inspired us to change all of our polyesters to recycled polyesters by 2020. So wow. it's silently, you know, like we don't have, we didn't have the cap, we only have it for, uh, you know, like a year and a half to four seasons. Um, and but then, then after that, it was just integrated into the collection because we said, okay, we just focus on recycled polyester. It doesn't matter if it's throughout. coming from the oceans or uh, from anywhere else. It's but just waste. It's yeah. It, it's the waste that you want to use as a resource. So that's a really good example of, uh, yeah, a capsule that has uh, rolled into the entire um, production, which is really rad. Um, and it is interesting, you know, that was 2014. And, you know, it was only last year that we were banging on about plastic straws and turtles. And you guys are like, guys, <laughs> we've done it. We've been there. So next, we're on 2014 now, yeah, right? So now we're what happens next? Okay, so next, 2014, we also launched our Where Is It Made uh, icon on our oh. website. So like our manufacturing map. That was a big step because yeah. of the fact that... At that time, which is like five years, five six years ago, nobody actually disclosed their supply chain, and we integrated into our styles like on the map. Mm -hmm. Like every style that you're interested in on the website, there's a where's it made icon. It will show you where exactly the product is made, uh, what's the population of the factory, what products oh, wow. are we making mm -hmm. there, how long is our relationship? Like you were mentioning earlier about the supply chain. Um, yes. So relationships. For, yeah, relationships. For us, our supply chains, we are more like partners. Yep. Instead of having them being compliant, we work with them and collaborate mm -hmm. because of the fact that innovation comes from the collaboration. Yeah. So no matter who we work with, there are two things that we have in common. One, it's that sustainability is integrated part of our business. And the second one is that they want to be the front runners in their own realm. So it's like an uh. interdisciplinary approach, whether it's fiber producer, whether it's um, a manufacturer, whether it's, I don't know, a car producer, or even a celebrity. Like mm -hmm. we have to, on, on those Make two sure points, we are aligned. That's and that's why, where the innovation comes from. And in addition to that, we intentionally focus on having a smaller supply chain that is longstanding. Yeah. Because that way, together, we can move on all the social and environmental issues. It so. also makes it, to me, you know, we were talking a minute ago about smaller brands being nimble, being able to, you know, scale, et cetera, et cetera. It's, again, it's that mentality. It's a big brand with a small brand mentality, it's working with um, a smaller circle of trusted supply chain uh, buddies. And I think another point that you made that I think is really interesting that I would learn from if I were a brand is yeah, vetting them for like, where do you see this going? Are, are you just sort of supplying this for the sake of it? So you're kind of, you're partnering with innovative companies who want to invent exactly. or reinvent. But I read somewhere where you, where you made your most sustainable gene and you said actually that you, it was, it was in the capsule collection and as a company you absorbed the cost. Yeah, normally every sustainable innovation that we put in the market, yeah. It's cost neutral for our customers. Yeah. All the cost is absorbed by the brand. So there is no customer doesn't pay the premium because we believe that it's our responsibility to bring a product to the market that's responsible, great yeah. looking, 
and that respects people and planet. So, okay, 2017, together with Archroma, we created a line of uh, G-Star Raw jeans, mm-hmm. which is the colored denims that are, and the colors were made for the from the upcycled plant waste. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then this. in 2018, we, and same with the earth colors, like that's something that we brought to the market. Mm-hmm. And then we have expanded later, not only to the jeans, but other categories, the sweatshirts, t-shirts, yeah. um, shirts, um, and then 2018, we also launched Resichrome, which is like colors made from upcycled textile waste. Ah, yeah, okay. so that's something that we launched with our raw research collection, but then later integrated into our best-selling T-shirts. Got so you. to be uh, able to, so it's always looking at the different modes or uh, like alternatives to like current uh, ways that are being produced. So like the idea of using waste as a resource, whether it's in a fiber, whether it's in a dye or even even in the uh, production making process that you actually, you know, take the water from the grid or things like that. So that's something that's been important. And of course, we continued in 2018 with uh, upcycle denim, Mm -hmm. taking our own G-Star raw jeans and like creating new genes from them mm-hmm. and but the most uh, the most fun project was our 2018 our most sustainable genes ever yes where we actually you know look at the whole denim design from holistic perspective yeah and where we decided um, to create the world's first cradle to cradle uh, denim fabric this is something that you've sort of probably been working towards for a long time thinking about hoping yes. and dreaming yes um, it must have been in your mind for a long time and then maybe just telling us a little bit more about what that means and what that could mean for the future as well mm-hmm. and where you think that's going to scale to. Well, Cradle to Cradle philosophy is based on nature, how nature doesn't produce any waste. Everything in nature mm. becomes food for an organism or, or a system. Yeah, nice. And as a designer, I always felt a need to mimic these principles of nature. And in, when it comes to creation of the denim fabric, there is a Cradle to Cradle Products Innovation Institute which has a certification and the only certification designed for the circular product economy. Right. So it's a super rigorous process. Yeah, that's a um, That looks at um, any product that you're designing from five different perspectives. So one is the social fairness. Another one is material health. The third one is uh, material reutilization, which means the reuse of the material. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have uh, water stewardship. And then you have use of renewable energies. Of course, yeah. So it's like a really like holistic approach uh, mm-hmm. to design. And to get a gold, you have to have hit all those five categories gold. Got you. And if you have one, if you, let's say you have uh, 24 chemicals uh, in your product, 23 are gold, platinum or whatever, yeah. but one is undisclosed or bronze, yeah, everything falls down to wow. bronze. <laughs> so it's super rigorous. Yeah. And then wow. we were really... How long were you working up to this? Well, I mean, first there was no... We worked together with Dyser Artist Milners and because there, there was no indigo that was hydrosulfate-free indigo technology right. at the time. So then first we worked on creating this technology. So this from 2016, working on this technology together with Artist Milners. With an Milners. indigo compass, I'm going yeah, like to say. Yeah, it's a Dyster. It's a Dyster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And before that, they've been doing an R&D on that for a long time. They were trying to figure it out and then they partnered with you to yes. try and... Ah, got you. So, okay. and then we partnered with Dystar and Artistic Milners and this yeah. created this fabric mm-hmm. that's been evaluated through all those five categories. We were very proud because actually at material health level, it was gr- scoring uh, platinum. 
Wow. Which means there's zero risk. So you accidentally went up a notch. <laughs> oh, no. We just tried to keep pick the best yeah, the ingredients. Best the best. Yeah. So which means that there's zero risk in the chemistry of the fabric on both people and the planet. That's amazing. So that was something real, really great. And then since then we have been building on onto this um, idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, since then, we launched three more fabrics in the same uh, uh, principles. principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being the world's first cradle, cradle uh, certified uh, stretch denim, gold stretch yeah. denim. That was mm-hmm. um, yeah introduced back in October in 2019. Yeah. So we started like with one percent. In 2018, having cradle cradle denim in our jeans collection, and today it reached up to 26%. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And then why we chose to work on a fabric is because of the impact. If you look at a pair of jeans, 99% is made from fabric. So if you can attack that major big piece of the pie to clean that up, that that's something that was important to us. So this was very important because it created like a first circular building block that's healthy for yeah. the denim uh, for denim uh, industry in general and from. ourselves. And like it taught us how to design our fabrics of the futures yeah. and as well how to optimize our existing ones. A beautiful thing what we did is we made this technology and the fabric open source. So that meant that any brand could go and get the fabric for themselves so that's or create you- one in the same realm and any mill could adopt this hydrosulfate-free oh, indigo technology. Got you. And improve their practices. And implement it in there. Okay. Yeah. So that's something that I was literally going to come to. So perfect. Because and I think, yeah, the fact that it was artistic milliners, right? So what's lovely is anyone can go to artistic milliners yeah. and go, oh, you know what she started? <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> want the same. Oh, not yeah. even that. We can, they can be like, we can make it in a similar uh, yeah. way, uh, but yeah. a different construction. or Exactly. You know. So I think that's something that's very interesting that I feel like this shifted in the last, say, five years in denim the sharing of information. Now, obviously, we're in this room full of competitors, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, the days of everyone being kind of like very secretive about what they're doing, it's sort of, it's disappearing in a way, um, and especially in the world of sustainability, which is a great thing to be commended. G-Star obviously are kind of, uh, you know, playing along with that uh, theme, you know, that if you do invent something, if you do figure something out, that you do kind of make it a, you know, open source, as you said. We also did, like, we built not only onto the fabrics, we went beyond the fabrics. So now, actually, in the stores in a couple of days, like on the 15th of February, we will have a range of denim icons, which are our bestsellers. Yeah. Again, applying everything to our bestsellers. Yeah, because... <laughs> that are fully cradle-to-cradle certified gold wow. on product level. So that right. means that each trim, wow. each thread... Okay. Print, uh, mm-hmm. label, you know, the Yakron label thing. and the care label. Every component of the garment has went through the certification. Got you. And been certified. It's the first time in the world the certification has scored platinum on two levels. One is on material health and the other one is on water stewardship. Oh, really? That's so which amazing. means that... And it's gold in all other categories. Yes. That's amazing. So that means that not a drop of water was wasted during the make of these garments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, all the chemistry is clean and safe for the people and the planet. Yeah. On top of that, we created these garments with 100% renewable energies and they're 100% recyclable, so they're designed for circularity. And yeah... So it's, it's a really like looking from this holistic point of view how to create something. And it's a big step because why we did this, why we created the perfect denim, the perfect button, the perfect 
um, thread, the perfect uh, label. label, it's because we are creating our circular design toolbox. Because by having the right tools, you can build the products the of the future. Line. This whole project, we had 14 different uh, suppliers that were part of the uh, yeah, evaluation. The mm -hmm. Yeah, so and also this we will be sharing openly, you know, like Artist Milner's, everyone knows that it's the fabric. Mm -hmm. uh, you have um, the label is from Clotex, the care label. Mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. All the different suppliers will be shared, and anybody who's interested in knowing what they, they are, like the super, the perfect interlining from like Freudenberg or the Copen's pocketing, like what yeah. it is. So all the components will also be shared, so other people don't have to start from scratch because we already did yes. the analysis. Say very generous of you. You do yeah. all the hard work, and then yeah, but like, the idea guys. is that we all build, build upon it. Well, yeah, and because the more people, use the more it, people are certifying, mm, the more mm. people are building onto the circular design toolbox, the easier it is for us to scale and accelerate the circular practices for yeah. the future. <clears throat> because Absolutely. It's in your benefit, it's in everyone's everybody's benefit. benefit. And like this is something like environment is not something we should be competing on. We should no. be competing on the style. Yeah, we share we share uh, the air. We on the, on the creativity. The let, let, let's get the baseline right. Obviously, G Star's not the biggest brand in the world, but they're big. Um, so this is something, you know, you are talking about scaling. I think that's something that like big brands find the hardest. Obviously, we've talked about how you go about that. You start small, you do the capsule, you figure out how to scale. Obviously, there's something that jumps into my mind as well is obviously the bigger you are, the more impact that you have. And, you know, it's amazing that there are lots of small brands out there who are starting from the baseline and building something and have a small amount of workers but actually working with factories and encouraging factories to do better and want to do better and being able to scale that has a bigger impact on the environment would you not agree well that's true the bigger you are the bigger impact you have right but yeah. what's beautiful about smaller brands is that actually they are more agile they're quicker and they have the opportunity to absorb all these innovations that are already out there and to build themselves into a bigger brands that have a more positive impact. So with that in mind, uh, I mean, is there any advice other than what we've talked about for the larger brands out there? You basically have to kind of, to innovate, you have to act small is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, you have to have like the startup, you have to be startup, startup mentality, you know? Right, yeah. And, and I'm guessing, I mean, this is a question, but I think I know the answer because we sort of touched on it. To do that is capsules. I mean, is that how G-Star have done it, really? I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has their different structures. For us, it works like that. Um, it just has been working like that from the start. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's a recipe for all. I think the yeah. idea is that you should look where you are and if you're having trouble, like, see, what, what, where's, where's the biggest impact that you can make? Like, you know, when we, oh, we use 80% of our collection is cotton, then, like, the biggest impact we can make is cotton. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, fabric yeah. makes up 99% of the jeans. Uh, like, so let me focus, focus on, on that. that. And mm -hmm. then, so focus on something where you can have the biggest impact, and then things will roll from there. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really and good And also, tip. don't be afraid to ask questions and share and, you know, even if you're completely lost, there are so many organizations out there, just define what your vision is and then join up with people that share the same vision and then move things forward together. Um, I don't know if anyone else out there is interested in chemical recycling. I've seen um, mechanical recycling where they shred the denim and 
Um, and it basically take it apart into lots of lots of little fibers and then uh, blend it with the stronger fiber in order to re-weave. Re um, but chemical recycling, now you do know a lot about that. Um, I just wondered if that's the future of recycling and this part of your circular um, initiative, or if it's a bit of both and what the pluses and minuses are, and if you could tell me a bit about that. Yeah, well, mechanical recycling, you're right. It takes a mechanical process. In chemical, we deal here with chemistry, and all the waste is actually broken down to its monomers, so to its molecular structures. So wow. that way you can rebuild everything. So it's very scientific. Ah, so it's very scientific. <laughs> and, um, and how did this all start? When did it start? And what are the companies who are innovating this? I mean, it's been probably in RD over 10 years, even uh -huh. more. Um, chemical recycling in some other industries is very prominent in paper industry and whatnot. Oh, uh, yeah. So advantage of the chemical recycling is that it can handle more blends. Because in mechanical recycling, um, when you have the cotton, like your feedstock needs to be maybe maximum 2% elastane in it. Yeah, you know, it needs you. to be really clean. Mm -hmm. And then considering the... Like if you look at the market and all the super stretches and all the power stretches where you have blends of polyester with all cellulose, with elastane, mm -hmm. um, this is where chemical recycling can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, mechanical recycling is more available because it's uh, less costly. Um, chemical recycling still needs a lot of development, mm -hmm. but still... Um, if we invest in it, uh, we can optimize it. And I believe that future is in circularity. And in order to circulate things, you, we also have to build systems in addition to creating clean materials that we have to circle. Because mm -hmm. everything that's being circled now, uh, it's course. never been designed to be circled. That is so true. So that's why well, the cradle cradle principles and the idea of going through material health and building ah, the future products uh -huh. is important. One part is... You're thinking of the afterlife at the same time exactly, as the birth. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like, if we do have to circle for the future, let's build things in that manner that, you know, that will be that compatible be with, the, with the chemical recycling and other technologies yes. that need to be instilled there. Because so again, that's why you need to work very much in tandem with these companies at an early stage to figure out how to design exactly. in the first place. Wow. Also, for the future, we're looking uh, by 2030 to eliminate the waste. Completely. So that's like very uh, ambitious, but still by focusing on using waste as a resource, as well as focusing on designing for circularity according mm -hmm. to creative, creative principles, we think it's uh, possible. That, that's going to be possible. At least we will try our that's best what you're to do it. At, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, to end on where you see the future of sustainability, one the 2030 full circular thing yeah definitely circular circular the future is circular yeah and of course this will be aided by different technologies that need to uh, be brought to the market and yeah. that so are already exists. like in the background some of them are yeah. existing and, and it really the, the next 10 years is going to be all about systemic change on how we yeah look at our clothing and how, how we, we make how it. we make it and also what we do with them with it after. afterwards yeah yeah so from very beginning to the very very end there is no and end. beyond there is no there end. is no <laughs> end of course of course because the idea is to circulate the value of these materials yeah you know like everything that you make is a 
it has a certain value. Yeah. And if you can figure out how to recirculate that value, that value. you actually, you should not, you know, you should be looking at it as a, as a, as a resource. As an end. There's no, yeah. yeah, that's very, that's a nice way of putting it. I love that. Well, on that very clever note, I think I'll, uh, I'll say thank you yeah. very much. Thank Adriana, you for having me. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us over on Instagram and the Denim Dudes blog for more denim industry insights.